Do School Better, a podcast for people who want to transform education. Join Doris Corda, Hawkins School's Associate Head and Director of Entrepreneurial Studies, as she shares her experience as an educational reformer told through conversations with Assistant Directors Tim Desmond and Allison Tanker. I'm not afraid to try things and fail. Tim's story. In this episode, Tim Desmond explains the path that led him to the Assistant Director position at the Miller Institute for Entrepreneurial Studies at Hawkins School. He explains how being a risk-taker and divergent thinker led to his epiphany of learning by doing. Tim discusses the role of writing in the class and how he strives to improve students' communication skills in a changed world. Hey, Tim. (laughs) Hi, Doris. Hey. So, um, you know, we, uh, you came in with me to start to be my co-instructor in this class, and you had been teaching for several years, and I'd like to you to talk about uh, what it was like for you to start teaching this and what was it like that's quite a loaded question Um, I think like you I've pretty much been an outsider in my profession I've always done things differently and sometimes it's been embraced but most of the time it's sort of been frowned upon Uh, and and, um, but I've always had the best interests of kids at heart, and I think that's why I've been tolerated by so many administrators over the years, because <laughs> I, I, I do have, I, that is my, my ultimate goal. So I think um, in my personal life and as an educator, I'm a risk taker, and uh, I'm not afraid to try things and fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also a bit of a restless spirit, and so I, I move through these phases. I've taught middle school. I've been a director of technology. I've been an instructional technologist. And now I'm a, a part of this entrepreneurial program. Um, and so I really thrive in environments where things change. And so uh, when the opportunity came along for me to, to kind of join this program, for many reasons, I jumped at it. And one of those was because it seemed so new and so different and so frightening that I couldn't turn it down. <laughs> That's uh, the boy. Does that ever ring true? Having known knowing you as well as I do, everything you said is true in spades. Um, so, what uh, what is it when you think about uh, what we do, how we do it, um, what the educators we've worked with do, how uh, are doing, how they do? What do you think are the most important elements of this? The most important element is learning by doing. That's really at at the core of who I am. It's what I've discovered over 20 years as a classroom teacher. And more importantly, it's also what I've discovered in my own life. Uh, And so I've had sort of this parallel existence as an artist and musician and a writer. And a very successful (laughs) one, Uh, by the way, with your pseudonym and your very successful author. Thanks, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I've, that's only because that's what I've, I did that stuff. Um, I didn't take classes on being a musician or I didn't go to writing workshops and call myself a writer. And those, those things are good and they help prepare you, but they don't make you what you are. Yeah. An artist creates art. A musician makes music. A writer writes. And that's how you learn how to do it. You can take classes all day long. You can read all kind of books <laughs> on something. But until you roll up your sleeves and you get in and you do it, you're not it. 
so I think that's really at the core of this, and, and it's what we do with our students. We don't spend weeks preparing them for a business challenge or introducing them to a company or even an industry. Um, they don't even know where they're going on the morning we take them there. Uh, and I think that's what's so exciting is that it's not, and I think that's what's really appealing to the kids. It's so different and, and it's so engaging that we're just saying we trust you and we're gonna help you, but here you go, let's do this. Let's not prep for it. Awesome. That's awesome. I agree with you. I think at its core, that's what it's about. Yeah, that's terrific. And what are, as you think about, boy, we've been teaching this together, lots of kids and for, uh, you know, multiple, multiple uh, years here. What, um, what are some of the um, most sort of powerful learning experiences you've been teaching for years and years? How is the, what is, what are sort of the powerful learning experiences you've seen kids go through in this that are different maybe than what you saw earlier? Yeah, this is the, I, I don't, I've, I'm starting to lose track now. I think this is, we've done this, what, four or five times five together times. now. And, um, and because it's a semester-based course, we get two opportunities per school year. And so we now have a pretty, we're really good now at, the, at detecting patterns. Yeah. And feeling the rhythm of the of the course and I think it's something we've talked about all the time we've talked to Allison about this as well is the moment where uh, the kids hit that hit that point in the class where they realize the learning's all on them and they're not doing it for the grade they're not doing it to please their parents or to please us I mean, there might be still some of that yeah. but it's that moment where they go oh this is about my learning and I can make a real difference here and that's, that's my favorite part. And it happens in different places for each kid, but we, we feel it now. Yeah. We know when it comes yeah. up. Yeah. You, um, you <clears throat> spent a lot of years uh, talking to, um, you know, teaching writing yeah. as part of the courses that you taught. Uh, it sounds kind of specific, but it'd be really interesting for me to hear what it, you think about how students are learning writing in this versus a traditional history class or English class? Yeah, there's really kind of two parts to that answer. And just for some context, I've been a humanities slash history teacher in middle school and high school for 20 some years. And so the, the first part of that is most writing is done and it's, it's teacher structured and it's, it's content-based. And what I mean by that is you study a particular event or a piece of literature or something, and then you ask the students to respond to it in some way. And, and so there's sort of a veil of choice there. It, I think we teachers, as teachers, we like to convince ourselves that we're giving students choice, and in a way we are, but it's very narrowly defined choice. Yeah. It's like you can respond, but only to this. Yeah. You know, so I think there's there's that piece of writing in that in a traditional history or humanities classroom as a student, you're asked to respond to something specific. And because of that, you you get a, a lot of kids don't necessarily engage because they don't have ownership or they don't have a stake in it. They're doing it because you're asking them to do it. And of course, they have an opinion, but they're not fully vested in it. 
So I think that's different. One, the, the writing that we ask students to do in this program is really generated out of their own passions and it's generated on what matters to them and it's very timely and it's very relevant to what they're doing, to what they're doing and what they're studying and, and a lot of times what they believe. I mean we have them doing personal blog posts and we have them doing reflections and a lot of that is is very meta and it's mm -hmm. it's not content-based and there is a time and place for content-based writing. I'm not saying there isn't. And even in this class, there's this, a lot and of... There is. Yeah. That's right. They do book reviews, and that's content-based. Right. But in these other parts, of these other types of writing, it's very personal. Yeah. And I think for most kids, that's a, that's a pretty stark contrast to what they're usually asked to do. The other piece to that writing question is there are different types of writing. And in most traditional humanities classes, you're looking at the five paragraph essay or the persuasive essay or the book report style, right. topic based, right. um, take in this information, synthesize it and push it back to me. And, and honestly, it, very early on, that's a necessary thing for kids Absolutely. to learn. Um, but it becomes less and less exciting the older kids yeah. get. And, and so um, we, do, we still do some of that, and I think there's definitely a place for it, but we also have this whole other spectrum of writing. And so we're trying to teach kids, how do you write, a CE, uh, how do you write an email to a CEO of a, of a company? Yeah. How, do you, how do you send a text message? How do you use social media in a way that's sort of just beyond what you would use personally, but how it would be used in a, in a business world? And those are all radically different types of writing. But they're all writing. But they're all and, writing. And there's and actually stuff to be learned. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a thing as as a bad email, <laughs> and uh, you know. And even even your audience, I think we teach. It's a different audience when you're teaching humanities. The audience is the teacher, and that's probably right. the only person that will ever see that writing, besides maybe right. your parents right. Right. or your tutor, if you get in right. trouble. Exactly. Uh, but these other, these other types of writing that we're asking kids to do, um, there's big audiences. And, and so the way you address an email to your teacher is different than the way you address an email to your mom or to your friends. And, and sort of finding those nuances in writing uh, in this world, this world that these kids are in, uh, is really important. You did, um, and also the, even in the presentations, I was thinking as you were talking, think about the amount of, um, of teaching we do about the writing in a presentation, which is, of course, just on slides, but it's really important. Um, you, you have constructed just, this is a specific example, but I think it says a lot about how you go about all this. You constructed a template for a book blog. If you could talk about, first of all, how we even assign the books, and then how you set up the book blog and why, I think that would be, I think it's actually a really important piece of the, of the program. Well, we, we co-created the, the, the reading piece of this, so I want to make yeah, sure we make that clear. Uh, we, we feel that, uh, that reading and writing is paramount. And, and we, we ask the kids to read and write more. Uh, and we feel pretty confident that that yeah. measures up against any writing course. Yeah, yeah. This they is not English They say, tell us that. They say they read more than, right. yeah. And yeah. it's not just books, obviously, Every, their research. Right, but, but we assign a lot. I mean, they, they read 
multiple, I don't know, six, seven, eight books a semester that's required, let alone yeah, what they what they read on their own, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think the, um, so, so that, but the key to that is it's a choice. And it's a choice based on where the student is or where their team happens to be at that moment. So instead of us saying, we feel this book's important for all, for 16. all 16 of you, every time, read it now. Um, and we do that in the very beginning. There are a few books that we feel like are really important for everyone. And we make that, we assign them, by the way, when we know there are patterns and systems to this. So we know in those, in their early learning of problem solving and foundational methodologies, we know they're going to need this at around this time and they're going to need that. So they're, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's a, uh, so having that student choice, I think, is a, a big differentiator in that uh, we, and we do have an approved list, but it's not a hardly, it's not a sort of a concrete, you know, really strictly defined list. Right. They uh, can choose any book they, they want as long us. as they tell us why, yeah, they, why they, they want it. That's right. They can come to us and say, how about this one? And we go, oh yeah, that, that looks like that would help. So, so there's that component in that what, because they get to choose it, they're just initially more invested in, in the process. The book review serves a number of different functions. The, f the first and most obvious one is uh, sort of an understated accountability. Sure. The book review blog is viewable to everyone in our class, uh, and so it makes it really transparent. And it's also, uh, it's also transparent in that it forces students to be accountable to each other. Right. So part of the book review blog is seeing what your, your classmates have posted, which books they've read, what they've found interesting what your previous classmates from other years have read and why they found that interesting. Um, so, so that piece of the book review blog is really important because it gives them sort of a, a starting point. If they go, I don't even know what book to pick, where to start, that helps. The book review process itself is set up, it's structured in a way that gives kids uh, well, a structure. <laughs> they, there are certain components of the book review that they have, to, they have to include. And one of the most important ones is why is this relevant to you? Why is this interesting to you right now? And how does it connect with what you're doing? How does it connect doing? with what you're doing? So it's, not, uh, it's more than just a regurgitation of the review they can pull up on Amazon. They, right. then have to, they have to then apply those concepts and ideas right. to what they're doing at the moment. And I think that's a really important piece of it as well. And, and, and for us, I mean, we have now created this ever-growing archive of, of resources. And yeah, there's a lot of overlap, and kids will read a lot of the same books. But we have a, we have a really rich archive now that we can pull from and, and direct kids towards. What I think is has one of the things that's been really exciting that's consistent with everything else is the numbers of students we've had who... We've had students who've said, I hate reading and I hate writing, who have come out the other side of this saying, I actually can't believe it. I really read the books in this class, as opposed to, I guess they're not read, really reading their assigned books in other classes, you know, some of their other I really read them because I needed them. And I, I, I like when I read contagious and I found oh my gosh I'm actually using this stuff or blue ocean strategy I'm actually using this stuff or the book that I read about Tom's and I'm actually using that stuff um, or rework or whatever it is they learn the how powerful it can be 
to um, how powerful books can be and um, articles that are dense and at first intimidating that they read and find useful. Um, and I, I think what you said about the the make you uh, having to draw connections uh, is really important because what they start doing at some point in the class is they're doing that naturally, not just from about books they read, but news stories they're hearing from outside. They're starting to make those connections. How is that relevant to what I'm doing? Yeah, there's a there's a little. We fool ourselves as teachers a little bit, especially teachers of writing. And I can say that because I am one. Uh, I just because you teach something doesn't mean they're learning. Yeah, it. yeah, my favorite. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not about what you what you teach. Yeah, that's right. So I can I can say, well, I taught Shakespeare. That doesn't mean the kids read Shakespeare. I or mean, learned. or learned it. They yeah. may have gotten enough of context to bluff their way through an essay right. exam, right. but that so. Uh, you know, I think that your distinction on kids saying, I read more now, that's, that's true because we know they're reading it yeah. as opposed to yeah, getting through us, it, getting through it or trying to convince us that they've read it if they really have it. Right. It's, a, it's, a, they're, they're, it's, it's something that they actually find like, oh, I need this. I need what I can get out of this thing. As opposed to I'm, I have to get through this thing. It's a completely different approach to consuming literature, right? It is, and and it's, this is the world kids are in. It's an on-demand world. Uh, they're not going to sit. They're not going to sit down one night and read it. Twelve books they think are going to matter. They're going to, in the moment, seek out the information they need, and hopefully that's what we're teaching them how to do. Right, and the other the other thing I'm thinking about also is in terms of all these different forms of communication. So because they're working on real problems and interacting with all kinds of different people, and they're actually, in many cases, trying to get someone to do something, emailing someone or writing a blog or doing something to get someone's attention who can be helpful to them, they care a lot about the effectiveness of their communication, whether it's their verbal communication or or written and that also means that you know I was about to name some names of students who come in and 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 they're they're they've always had horrific writing right and over the, it's not that in five months blah 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 they're a great writer but they really engage in caring about their writing and thinking about it and analyzing it. And yes, they improve a great deal, but more important, they have taken on the goal personally of improving, which lasts beyond the class. Why does it matter? Why does it matter? And again, you're a student, you're in school, you've never been out of school, everybody's telling you, you know, learning math matters, learning to write matters, but you don't really get why until much later and if you're a kid for whom it isn't natural to just care to do your math well or care to do your reading well or your writing well just because you're told to working on real problems with real people that you care about really quickly gets them to care and the last thing you know I, I also wanted to ask you about is um, I always am 
so amazed by the way you, in a very concise way, the way you're able to get students to learn about effective presenting, which is also writing. So if you could talk a little bit about sort of the the trajectory of these students from the very first time they do a presentation <laughs> to the end. Yeah, I, um, I, I was going to share a quote, but then I can't remember it, and that would <laughs> not really be effective. Uh, my general approach, and this is for myself as well, and I think it's the, the journey that you're speaking of for the kids, is this ability to let go of all the stuff they think they have to cram in and, and get it to its core. And I think that's really, that's really the essence of true writing. True, really good writing is getting your message across in as few words as possible. Mm. And, and I that think that's shows up in everything you do, yeah. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it's, it's natural for kids to come in and kind of want to throw everything against the wall to prove to you, the teacher, and, and so sort of backing them off that and saying that's really not as important as getting your message across succinctly. Right, that's right, what matters. right. And when they communicate with someone external and, and they hear back that that person didn't in any way get what they were trying to say, I mean, that's when, you know, we talk about the fact that they have many failures in the course of the course. Some of the failures are they have a presentation they care about a lot that they've worked very, very hard to put together and they present and, and the message doesn't come across and the message doesn't come across and they have to go back later and instead of saying oh pat pat that was lovely you did such a nice it's like they know okay that person didn't get it how can i do that differently for more information and resources go to doschoolbetter.com podcast created by tim desmond doris corda and allison tanker Produced by Tim Desmond.